I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualification to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Could be better, but it's definitely not a bad day. It was just kind of chill. Kind of chill. Yeah. (laughs) Well, today we are moving on in our next episode of our series. We have been binging these movies. Yes, we have. (laughs) So if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, No Time to Die arrives in theaters, finally, on October 8th. And we've been meaning to take a trip down memory lane and actually watch every single Bond movie leading up to the newest film. So we decided to split up the eras and go a little bit on each Bond actor. And we say a little bit because there is some weirdness (laughs) in these Bond movies. So... Uh, Let's go ahead and let's talk on this episode. This episode is all about Roger Moore, his James Bond. Seven movies, plus we have a little bonus uh, because (laughs) we uh, learn about something in the middle or actually after we watch the the movie, after the fact. But we'll get to that in just a moment. If this is your first time listening. Go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts and many more. And if you do like us and want to help us out, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and say hi on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Always Critic Pod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash always critic pod. All right. So let's not waste much time because we got a lot of movies to get through. We do. All right. So very first Roger Moore film is in 1973. He comes in with arguably the one of the best opening <laughs> theme songs. Oh, and that is yes. live and let die. So. This is a new Bond. So, Jessica, why don't you go ahead and tell us what is this movie about and who's in it? The IMDb synopsis reads, a resourceful British government agent, we all know who that is, seeks answers in a case involving the disappearance of a colleague and the disruption of the American space program. Oh my gosh, another space program mishap. Oh. Oh. Directed by Guy Hamilton, written by Tom Mankiewicz, stars Roger Moore, Jane Seymour, Yafet Kato. Yeah, those so are the main those, people. Those are the main people in this. Um, do you want to discuss the song now or a little later? Let's do it right now because I played a little bit before we got on to the recording and we were both like, da da da, da da da, da da da, da da, like getting really into the song. It is so good. It is by Paul McCartney and the Wings. It yes. is amazing. <laughs> It's an incredible song. Just all the way throughout, like it starts off like it's a little slower, 
Right. And then all of a sudden it just picks up when McCartney just lets out the title of the movie. Oh my god. Live and let die. And then oh. boom. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so good. It is really good. So that is how we start the movie. Now let's talk about the movie itself. Um, so let's run through it. Okay. All right. All right. So a couple of things that I immediately notice and things that try Roger Moore tries to make this his own character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like he doesn't smoke cigarettes. He smokes cigars. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Uh, He has a different type of humor than than Sean Connery. Yes. His Um, humor is a lot in the face. Yeah. He's like, um, I don't, what's the, sarcastic, sarcastic, maybe? Sarcastic, maybe, yeah. is Dry humor. Yeah, because how would you describe Connery's humor? Like, his was... I think very, he's just constantly amused and very punny. Yes. And not that the puns went away, but, like, Roger Moore is, like, uh, what's the word? Very, um, <laughs> rude? <laughs> like, I don't know how to put it. Like, he's just, like, constantly judging you. That is one way of putting it. Yes. Uh, also, uh, boy, and we'll see this in the movies. Like they really turn up the notch on like the sex with the Roger Moore. Really? I, I feel, feel like, like in some do. movies it kind of like didn't wasn't really a thing, and then in other movies, yes, he's like having sex every fifteen minutes. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know, but exactly. So in some movies, you yes, you are totally right. There's some movies, there's one in particular that I, I really appreciate how they handled it. So, but we'll get to that movie. This movie though, Live and Let Die, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not that big of a fan. Like the movie really takes place in in time of film where black exploitation movies like are the predominant thing in the 70s. And so I guess they try to like ride the wave of it. So like. He is surrounded by, you know, all these different characters. Almost all of them are black, pretty much. But they're very cartoonish in their portrayals. Yes. So I thought this movie was going to be really cool because of the intro sequence where it starts in New York. And they take out an operative in New Orleans. um, One in New York and then another one in New Orleans. And when they cut to the one in New Orleans... It's like this detective looking dude is on a stakeout and he's looks at a funeral procession going by with like, you know, the whole band coming up the street. And he goes, whose funeral is it? And the guy behind him goes, yours, and like shanks him right shanks there on the street. Right there on the and you're just like, oh, my God. And then they fuck like they bring the casket over top of his body and like pick him up and that's like his it's oh my god i was like yes and then it goes into the live it let die like intro sequence i was like oh my god all in good intro then it goes downhill like it doesn't stay give that it does not Uh, oh by the way that killing thing of like whose funeral yours it reminds me of that meme have you seen it's like call an ambulance but not for me and it's the guy with a gun who points it at another person have you seen that meme stop it no i haven't that doesn't even ring any bells it is hilarious but i'll send it to you afterwards so you are right this movie does like kind of take it downhill because the movie kind of centers around this character solitaire played by jane seymour who can pretty much like kind of read the future is like a psychic and the reason why she's a psychic 
I hate it. Oh my oh, God. It's awful. Oh, it's terrible. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. The reason why she is a psychic <laughs> is because she is a virgin. So because she's never had sex, she <laughs> can you know, see into the future. <laughs> you know what? Well, not because she's a virgin. That's like how she keeps her That's powers. That's how she right? keeps her powers. Is she has to stay a virgin. But um, the other movie that that reminded me of was Scorpion King. Oh, my God. <laughs> because it's like the same thing. Like she's some sort of like shaman, but she only can retain her powers by like saying celibate. So, oh, my God. Just so bad. Like headache number one right there yeah um is the and then she's so young she looks like a teenager yeah she does this is i I believe this is like almost the introduction of jane seymour Mm -hmm. into hollywood Mm -hmm. i think uh i was reading some stuff and this was like one of her first major roles so yeah so i think that the what you're talking about black exploitation that wasn't the term that i thought of in my head but i was like there's something up with like this really almost almost cool portrayal of like this black empire running throughout like the south right yeah like it's all connected the taxi driver the guy on the street the homeless man they're all in league with they this are all like all in it together yeah they're all in it together no one is is outside of this operation and so that was really cool because like bond basically doesn't stand a chance he's an outsider but then it's like really they're making fun of it at the same time. There's like a whole voodoo ritual that's also thrown in for good measure. It's like and then it's like an intense, like choreographed, lots of extras voodoo ritual, which is extremely uncomfortable to watch because they're like making it very other, you know, as yeah. well. Otherworldly. Yeah. Um, so I, it was like all together. They had like, you know. Uh, a seventies pimp looking um uh <laughs> like dude in New Orleans, and then you had like the more other um voodoo leader that's with Jane Seymour's priestess, however you want to call right. her solitaire is her solitaire. Name. <laughs> solitaire uh so it's just like all sorts of wrong, then it's like revealed that it's all the same dude. All the yeah. same operation. It is the same guy. Mm-hmm. He was just under makeup. With, under Kananga. makeup, which I was like hoping to God that the person under all that all those prosthetics was not white or any other like, you know, race. I was yeah. like, please, like whenever they reveal whoever's underneath all that, like it cannot be it a cannot white person. Be a white person. Yeah. And, and it, wasn't. it wasn't. Thank God it wasn't. But it was oh. still kind of like, okay, so. It was still weird. It was <laughs> yeah. still weird. It was just um, weird. Is there any scenes that really stand out in this particular movie that you saw? So, yes, like right from the get-go, we see that Roger Moore is introduced in his home. This is the first time we've ever seen like Bond at home in England. It's different. Different automatically. He seems very down to earth. He's introduced like in his real surroundings. Um, The woman that's in his bed is not like some random woman. It's like another Italian Italian agent that's in town. He makes coffee for M, who comes to his house. Like it's just like what? this is very casual, like nonchalant. Very casual, yeah, nonchalant. Yeah. Like let's just just move on. I know I'm a new Bond. Just let's just yeah, let's keep it rolling. Yeah, they give thing. him the Rolex Submariner. He'd been wearing like Rolexes and Gruens and like 
a brightling at one point but like the watches didn't necessarily have gadgets in them this is the first one that like they overtly they're like this has something in it like it could deflect a bullet because it's a magnetic or whatever <laughs> right and what i do like about the series of the roger moore and we'll talk about it more is that the gadgets really clue you in as to how they're going to be used usually in the third act of the movie yes so like, did you say but the watch doesn't get no Okay, so they he tries to use the watch to get off of an island because he's surrounded by alligators and crocodiles. (laughs) Yes. And it doesn't work like the the boat gets snagged and he can't he has to like get off another way. Actually, he starts he runs across alligators to get to the shore over them over them. (laughs) Wild, wild. But later the watch is a saw like there's a saw in the watch. There's a saw in the watch. It's so and then he gets out of like it was like crazy like it, is it wasn't crazy. even what was shown no not at the at beginning all. of the movie yeah not at all uh so i think overall i am am not a big fan of like the voodoo stuff just because i don't think it's at all necessary and then like the movie kind of tricks you into believing that the voodoo man pretty much is killed but then he's not you it, it oh, wasn't that was a cool that was kind of Un- unsightly yes. almost when the voodoo man comes out of the the grave yeah bond shoots him it's like a ceramic lifelike fake voodoo man yeah but then he comes up again and it, he's real this time he's real this time yeah so finally uh, i want to talk about the climax when he's facing off against kananga and kananga has like this weapon that kind of like inflates someone or inflates oh, whatever yes, it shoots yes, 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 yes. and boy what a terrible way to go out by getting shot with your own uh gun or whatever weapon it was he blows up the villain like a balloon like a balloon and then he says this pun he always did have an inflated opinion of himself <laughs> oh my god so what? So, so over the top. silly. And it kind of leads us into how crazy these movies are going to get. Yes. Under the Roger Moore era. Yeah. This is just a taste of it. You know? I'm not, so. I'm just not ready. I'm not ready and I've seen the movies. Oh, I want to talk really fast about the sheriff that's in this movie. Oh, that guy. The one, That guy, exactly. I don't even know the name of the actor, but is he's like this country bumpkin sheriff and it was so uncomfortable seeing him deal with like the henchman who gets stopped because he was speeding down a highway so the sheriff catches up to him and he's like he calls him boy he like pulls out a gun on him automatically yeah says this probably isn't his first time going through this sort of thing and then bond interrupts the arrest and the like by (laughs) jumping his boat over like a small levee yeah (laughs) <laughs> and then it wrecks the sheriff's car as well. So it almost paints Bond as like he stopped this like unjust arrest, even though it was like a villain. Right. Like but what he was being arrested for was speeding. Right. It wasn't. He was being stopped for speeding. Like, yeah. Right, it was just speeding. Yeah. So, yeah. So it does paint uh, James Bond in a in a light that he stopped this travesty from happening. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. The sheriff gets played up again, like later when they're trying to stop Bond. He's on this like 20 minute speedboat chase. So 
So <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's move. But before we do, what did you give Live and Let Die as a score? I ended up giving it a three out of five, but I almost want to change it to a two and a half. Because I gave it a two and a half. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to give it a two and a half. So two and a half from me and from Jessica on Live and Let Die. Okay. So let's move on to Roger Moore's second film, The Man with the Golden Gun in 1974. Yes. Uh, fun fact, <laughs> this is the last time that a Bond movie would be released in consecutive years. Ah. So 73, 74. Last time. Right. There'll be a little more distance between movies going forward. All right. So we may as well talk about. First off, what is the movie about? I'll go ahead and let you All guys right. know. Go right ahead. James Bond is targeted by the world's most expensive assassin. While he attempts to recover sensitive solar cell technology that is being sold to the highest bidder. Now, uh, this movie. Did you say solar instead of solar? No, I said solar. I did okay. solar cell. <laughs> I, I kind of put a little emphasis. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and let's talk. So directed by Guy Hamilton. This is the last time he'll be directing a Bond film. Uh, it stars Roger Moore, Christopher Lee yes. as Scaramanga. Uh, That's Brit Saruman from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes, it is. And he is Count Dooku from the prequel trilogy oh, of Star yes. Wars. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so for those who don't know, and Ian Fleming's cousin, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Why does that sound familiar, but also is blowing my mind right now? Ian Fleming is the creator and writer of James Bond. No, I know who Ian <laughs> Fleming is, but I didn't. I feel like I knew that Christopher Lee was related to him, but also it's still, it's still like, like surprising. surprising to me. Yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, Britt Eklund uh, plays Goodnight. Uh, Maude Adams plays Andrea Anders, and Hervé uh, Villages plays Knickknack. So let's talk Irv. about. Maybe it's Irv. No, it's Irve. Irve. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yep. Cool. Uh, so let's talk about the opening sequence song, The Man with the Golden Gun. Uh, so The Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah, I hate this song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we got your thoughts. Uh, I don't like it that much either. So I'm not going to sit here and stand up for it. Yeah, so this is a song that is performed by Scottish singer Lulu. It's composed by John Barry. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the song. Uh, nope. It does detail the movie pretty much, pretty like, you know, exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. And it, it it really condenses the movie early on as to what, it, what we're going to watch. But overall, it's not a memorable theme. I don't think it'll be anywhere near either one of our top tens mm -mm. or top fives, whatever we end up making at the end of this. So we can move on from that. That song is, yeah, don't yeah. want to even think about it. <laughs> All right. So now let's actually talk about the movie. Okay. So, this one. Oh, my God. Starts with a close up of three nipples. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so if you thought this movie was going to be serious, you had another thing coming. It starts with three nipples. There is this fantastic, weird intro sequence with like a fun house style race to the golden gun. You know, winner is killing the other. Like it's like crazy. And then you get this awful Bond song. Terrible. Terrible Bond song. And then the plot moves forward. 
Um, I would say that I overall really liked The Man with the Golden Gun. Like for some reason, it really connected with me. I found it campy, but also like funny in places. And I really liked Scaramanga, uh, Christopher Lee's villain. That right there is what sells me the most on this movie. Yeah. Is that this villain, out of the villains that we've had, and, you know, obviously Blofeld is memorable, but for me, the reason why he's memorable is because he's had appearances, even though by different people. He's a repeat offender. He's a repeat. But this character is actually, like, charismatic. He yeah. is uh, great to watch. Mm-hmm. You can almost say he's slightly more compelling in this movie than Bond himself. Yes, I like which, that as well. Which is a problem for Bond. It's a problem for Bond, but like, I don't give a shit. Like, no, I, it makes the movie stand out amongst it really all the does. rest. Yeah, it does. Uh, I I do like that the movie deals with like a singular weapon. Mm-hmm. Like, this is his weapon of choice, and like the way like he can like disarm yes. it, and it's like. He could take it apart and put it back together. Yeah. Yeah. They're like different pieces of different things that he puts together to make a gun. Mm -hmm. And it's custom. So like that's how they trace him and like find him. It's good. I like it. Um, So do I. I think that Bond is doing things that are kind of, I would say like out of his wheelhouse a little bit. because He swallows like a golden bullet that was in the belly button of a French belly dancer. Yes. (laughs) And then he had to poop it out. Oh my god! <laughs> and it, oh. I just—it seems more real, you know. It seems like he's a little more real than Connery. Um, he gets upset when a female operative in Hong Kong, or Goodnight, when Goodnight yes. pulls up and Mary blocks Goodnight. his taxi. Yes, she blocks his taxi so he can't follow the woman with the bullets, and he gets mad at her. And I'm like, that's legitimate. Like I feel like that's real instead of everything's like just you know con vaselina. Like everything's just whatever very chill uh actually it's uh funny that you mentioned mary goodnight uh and him you know being mad at her uh the apparently a critic described her character uh from from sunday mirror so a newspaper Mm -hmm. uh when they criticized her character as being an astoundingly stupid blonde british agent oh my gosh yeah so yeah, so she is not viewed very They lightly. don't craft her very well. No, they do I will not. totally give them that. And she is her a bit of a kid. fool. Like, I'm not sure how she became an agent. But uh, that being said, like, because it is what it is. She makes some dumb decisions. She makes some dumb ass decisions. Um, there's moments where, like, her, I want to say, like, her buffoonery <laughs> just, like, gets in the way of things. Like, <laughs> for example, like. At the very the, end. In the third act, like yes. she's like backing in and her butt like presses the button to like self-destruct everything. And like you're like, how are you an agent? She turns how on like the you... solar uh, yeah. cell. Yeah. She Which is basically a laser when it's like funneled next to that device or whatever the bond is working on. And she's like, uh, I don't know how to turn it off. Like, bitch, like, <laughs> please. You just turned it on. You just turned it on. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I really enjoy uh, Christopher Lee. So that's a good thing. How did you feel about Knickknack, the henchman who was the little person? So I kind of liked him. I thought he was pretty fun. 
and also relatable because at the end he's like he tells bond if you kill him i get this whole island and i'm like yes i feel that (laughs) he's like please kill him so i can inherit all of his shit and i'm like respect (laughs) it is (laughs) yes that every man for himself man yeah every man for himself um (laughs) Was it in this movie? I believe it's in this movie that he. Yeah, it's it's this one. The way the Roger Moore movies end for the most part is him having sex with the woman at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much every time. Every time. And with terrible puns. Just yes. terrible ones. I don't know if this is the one, and maybe I'm confusing this with a different one of his, but basically, like, he is with, uh, I believe it's Go Lightly. Uh, I'm sorry, not Go Lightly, sorry. Uh-huh, uh, Good Night. Good Night, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> and they call him on the phone, and they're like, hey, is Mary Good Night with you? And he says on the phone, uh... Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Knight coming. is coming. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, well, and that's not like the like the. Well, that's pretty bad. But that's like, there's bad. there are other ones, you know, later on. Yeah, so, he's literally on top of her. Yeah, she's coming. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Goodnight is. Oh, she's coming. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Um. I really liked uh, Scaramanga's mistress as well, which ah, yes. keep Mrs. an eye on that Anders. name and that face because she comes back later. Yeah, she does. Um, no explanation for the completely naked girl swimming in the pool at like Xiaoming's like Bangkok compound. Do you oh. remember that? And do Mr. you remember Bench? her name? I don't remember her name. She doesn't come back. Like, it's just, no, just like she doesn't. It's he just has, like she a, has words with Bond. It's the stupidest. She's thing. like, do you have um no she invites him to go skinny dipping and he's like i don't have a suit and she's like neither do i because she's like butt naked in the pool awesome there's another speedboat chase there is and which then i was like oh is this like a trend like speedboat chases (laughs) there's another thing that becomes a trend later in several movies of moors uh (laughs) a different type of chase scene but the sheriff from the first movie Makes a giant cameo in this movie. Huge cameo. Huge. Because he shows up twice in the movie. Yeah, he's like, like on vacation the, in Thailand. Like of all like ugh, like what? as as Bond is speeding by on the boat, like he's in the other boat with his wife. Yeah. And then he later on car. in the car chase <laughs> yeah. at a dealership randomly. Bond steals the sheriff's car. And the sheriff takes part in the car chase. He's riding shotgun the whole time. And so funny enough, this I think has one of the really fun moments in an action scene where the car. He flips it. Goes, yeah, he flips it. He goes on a ramp and flips it. So cool. I thought it was so cool. Yeah. But they ruin the moment when they like do that slide whistle noise when it's flipping. It's like. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, what is this like, you know, Pee-wee's Big Adventure? That's what it feels like. It's Ooh, so dumb. Yeah. Like they could have had like the theme, you know, matching it as like he's flipping like da-na-da-na, and like just yeah. like flipping it. That would have been so They cool, could have made it no. cool, but instead they've made it kind of jokes, jokey. Like, yeah, it was a jokey, but it was it. such a cool thing. And it was. They showed it like backed up. It wasn't even like from inside the car, from the close up. Like, no. A good angle. Yes. Which, by the way, I learned 
they did that in one take. <gasps> they did that stunt. They filmed it one take. So cool. Oh, that's so, excellent. Oh, that's, that's excellent. Cool. All right. Um, one last thing. There was a creepy dude that was like looking at Goodnight. Mm. At the end of the movie, he was like dealing with the facility or whatever. With the facility, yeah. Uh, the solar cell stuff. And then he literally gets up and starts feeling her up. Yeah. Do you remember this? I do. I do. I was like, what? Where is this coming from? And then he dies like promptly. Like oh, she t- tosses him in like a tub tosses of like nitrogen the, or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which you're like, somebody's going to fall into this. Yeah. And they're does. like, if the temperature gets above this, it'll start to self-destruct. She throws an entire man into it and it causes the self-destruction. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So, okay. Enough with the man with the golden gun. I still really liked it. I liked it too. What did you give the man with the golden gun? I gave it three and a half stars. So did I. Oh, baby. I'm surprised that. Critics didn't really like this one. This one came in yeah. at 39% with critics. This was a poopy so, one for critics. For critics. But yeah. not for us. No. We, we enjoyed this one. I so, liked it. Like Christopher Lee was like, he's considered Bond like similar to himself and like an ultimate challenge. So that was, mm. it was cool. Like the ending of them like going through the fun house was really, really cool. Yes. All right. So the next movie in the line is The Spy Who Loved Me in 1977. Oh. So. Jessica, why don't you tell us about this movie? I shall. James Bond investigates the hijacking of a British and Russian sub- uh, British and Russian submarines carrying nuclear warheads with the help of KGB agent whose lover he killed. Yes. It's directed by Lewis Gilbert, written by Christopher Wood and Richard Maybaum, starring none other than Roger Moore, Barbara Bach, Kurt Jurgens, Richard yep. Keel, and Caroline Monroe. All right, so the music for the song is Nobody Does It Better, so it doesn't have the title of the song. No. It does not. It is performed by Carly Simon. What did you think of this song? It's just too slow. Yeah, so... There's no sense of momentum, energy, you know. My thinking on a lot of Bond movies, I feel like there should be something that propels them, but there's very unique cases where a slow song works. Yes. But the slow song can't all be slow. Like it can't be like in just low, uh, you know, slow down tempo. There has to be, like you said, a momentum. Maybe the song builds a little bit towards the end. Mm -hmm. There's a perfect example much later on in the series. Uh, But having a song that's just slow throughout the entire thing, almost like a ballad, Mm-hmm. That that doesn't mm-hmm. go up. Not really for Bond. I feel like it, there should be more. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and let's talk about the actual movie itself. All right. Now, the movie itself, I would say, is for me not as good as The Man with the Golden Gun. No, I, I found it way below The Man with the Golden Gun. I the, It's a shame because I like the concept of opposing spies falling in love through like a classic James Bond world saving mission. Yes. Like that. If you said that in an elevator to me, like an elevator pitch, I'd be like, Oh yeah, this movie's going to slap. No, doesn't. Um, there is really bad execution on this. Just super shoddy. No chemistry whatsoever with triple X, the female, the female Russian agent. They keep calling her the major throughout. They don't call her triple X throughout the movie, but no, they don't, you know, major Anya, Amasova, she like there's no chemistry with Bond. 
Um, it's a threat with no teeth because they put into motion that she vows to kill her lover's killer, but like no teeth with that threat. There is no, no like really. And because the you know who kills the you know it's there's bond. no surprise. You know who who killed um her lover. Now, before we continue though, because he does kill her lover in the opening sequence. How did you feel about that opening sequence, which is the skiing and then the jumping off the mountain with the parachute? I thought that it was like a George Lazenby call out at first with mm. skiing because in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, there was a bunch of skiing there was. involved. Um, and this one, I was just like more skiing. So it felt like, oh, it's calling back to like that oddball George Lazenby bond. But I don't know. I felt like it was still <laughs> just so campy. Like when he jumps off finally and pulls the parachute, it's just this giant British flag. British flag. I'm like, oh, no. So apparently this is viewed as a very popular opening sequence for people when it comes to the Bond movies. Really? Surprisingly to me. I thought it was super cheesy. Yes. But apparently people really enjoy it. So good okay, for them. I guess. Good for them. Good that they feel that way. So when it comes to the actual movie itself about... I, I do like this. I do like that Bond and Major Anya are pretty much working together for a lot of the movie. So Bond kind of has like someone to go slightly toe-to-toe with right a little bit at least for part of the movie not for all of it no yeah she saves him he saves her she takes the thing he takes the whatever there is that they're looking at Mm -hmm. so like they're stealing from each other and they're at odds and yeah but they still like are saving each other's asses so it's like good in that in that way because you don't get the sense that she's just like a damsel in distress and slowing him down no Exactly. And then like later on in the movie when they split and go their separate ways for a little bit and then they're reunited because, oh, the MI6 and KGB are going to work together, you know, to stop the plot from Stromberg, (laughs) who basically this it's the most generic thing. Like we want to blow up the world or start World War Three or whatever it is. It's very generic. Mm -hmm. It is not memorable at all. But. I will ask you this. What did you think of the henchman Jaws? Jaws was basically a a super, (laughs) you know, like a super soldier. Yeah, pretty much. He could not be defeated. He was impermeable, impassable, jarring to look at. I was like very uncomfortable every time they did a close up on his teeth. Um. I don't know. Maybe he's like the prequel that we should have. It's like a Jaws. <laughs> like, how did he go from presumably normal uh, person to whatever he is? Like, it's just unfathomable. Uh, I think that he's a great uh, henchman. Great henchman. I think so, too. Super memorable. <laughs> to the point where the movie you think is about to kill him off, but they don't and they bring them back and we'll be able to talk about him again in another yes. movie crazy yes crazy um he is probably the most memorable henchman of all the bond movies for mm-hmm. 
from what I've read. And I see why, because like there is a lasting image with him. Yeah. His mouth, you know, made of metal, being able to bite through things. He's and, biting people like he's yeah. killing people by biting them. He is. Uh, and I think that those are good things about the movie. But overall, the plot of the movie is just kind of so generic. Goes around in circles. Yes. Doesn't make sense. The locales are great. Like they're in Egypt and some ruins at some point. Like that's they cool. Are. The the car though it turns into a submarine. Yes, I was Holy about shit. to ask you how you when that happened. That. I was like, this just got points because I was very very enamored with that car. That is a stylish car. I oh, yeah. like that car. <laughs> and then when it turns into a sub, <laughs> I was like, I was oh, like whoa, it. okay, here we are. Um, yeah, two uh, terrible puns, or however you want to view them. Uh, somewhere early on in the movie. Basically, M is asking Mrs. P- Moneypenny, where's 007? And Moneypenny says, he's on a mission, sir, in Austria. And M says, well, tell him to pull out immediately. No, no, no. Stop. And cut to Bond <laughs> making love to a woman. Oh, no. <laughs> like, perfect segue. Oh, and then the other one that I thought How is at they? the very end when, of course, the non-threat of killing the lover doesn't happen and so bond and triple x decide to go ahead and go at it at the end and then everybody sees them because they're like in this like bubble thing that comes up from under the water oh and yeah everybody's yeah, yeah. it's like, like a there. life boat but it's, yeah, it's like very a life boat um with windows it? stylish it has like yeah. curtains in it. it's got like and a round bed in bed. it yeah <laughs> so everybody's kind of like you know looking at them it's like 007 triple x Bond, what do you what think you you're doing? doing? And James Bond, keeping the British end up, sir. No! <laughs> oh, shit. Yes. Um, so that's yeah. how that one ends. The sexual puns. Uh, are it's so over the top. Oh, so too ridiculous. many. Too many. Um, what did you think of the final sequence? The final third act. So underwhelming. There was a giant you brawl know, on a, on the ship. It was super boring. It was boring. Suddenly and Bond of, is diffusing nuclear bombs. Like, yes. I don't know. I don't understand. How doesn't is he now? Doesn't it make sense? Like, he's now a bomb expert? Yeah. Yeah, that's Explosives bomb. expert. Whatever the him. movie calls for, he is an expert on now. That's pretty much how they explain <laughs> it away. Um, um, I was a little bit disturbed when um, it was Jaws versus a shark. Oh, yes. And he and actually he wrestles the a shark. shark. He beats the shit out of the shark and bites it. And he came out winning. Like, he won he against won. the shark. And I was very concerned. Shark. Like, I'm not one of these, like, environmentalists that's, like, out here with the pickets. But honestly, I was very uh, distraught. I was like, is the <laughs> shark okay? Like, oh, my God, please, someone. Did they kill a tiger shark in the name of James Bond? Like, please, and- tell me. And... I'm pretty sure they didn't, but in the movie, they made you think that he did. No, but I think they injured that shark at the oh very, like, oh, I'm just so convinced it was not okay. Okay. <laughs> so before we move on with the next movie, what did you think of The Spy Who Loved Me? Two and a half stars. Two and a half. Would never want to watch this again. I put it at three. All right. Just, just a little bit because just it's- such more than- a touch more than um, Live and Let Die. Ah, okay. Like a little bit more, but definitely less than The Man with the Golden Gun. 
So now we're moving to 1979 Moonraker. Now, Mm. before we talk about the movie, here's a fun fact. So Moonraker was not going to be the next movie in line. Uh, The next movie in line, I believe, was going to be For Your Eyes Only. But in 1977, there was a a little movie, you've probably heard of it, uh, called Star Wars. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I knew it. I knew this was influenced by Star Wars. It was super influenced by Star Wars because they saw how big it got of a box office draw that they decided to capitalize on it and go ahead and make Moonraker. So that is the reason why Moonraker came before for your eyes only. So. I, I, it's not surprising at all. I literally have it in my notes. This feels like star Wars. And it does. And boy, did I not like this movie? No, no, no. It's bad. <laughs> this movie Super is bad. bad, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I um, am not a fan. So yeah, no, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know what this movie's about. So Moonraker, James Bond investigates the midair theft of a space shuttle and discovers a plot to commit <laughs> global genocide. So it's directed by Lewis Gilbert. Uh, it is written by Christopher Wood. Of course, we have Roger Moore back in the role. We have uh, Lo- Louise Childs as Holly Goodhead. Goodhead. Michael Lonsdale as Hugo Drax, who is the villain. Uh, Jaws is back. Richard Keel. Uh, Lois Maxwell and Mrs. Moneypenny, Bernard Lee as M. Desmond Llewellyn as Q. So we're all back. You know, the main core henchman Jaws is back from for from popular demand, pretty much. <laughs> and then the Bond song, Moonraker. Shirley Bassey comes back. She's back. For a third time. I think that you might agree with me that this is the lesser of the three. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. It's not great. It is. It is. They're trying to hook you in with that Shirley Bassey style song. Mm -hmm. But the lyrics and just the tone of the song just doesn't inspire. It's not catchy at all. It It doesn't have like this bombastic spirit about it. Like. Goldfinger, so unapologetic. She's like coming in hot, honking on the song, like Goldfinger. And this one has none of that. And also, it doesn't feel like a classy, melodic tune like Diamonds Are Forever. Right. So nothing is as memorable as those two. So it's kind of a forgettable one. Mm -hmm. So moving on into the movie. uh, Okay. So... This one that starts with a really cool fight in midair, in midair, like skydiving. Yes, and I was like, "Ooh, this is feels like Tom Cruise would be all over this sequence." Yes, he today. Would. Oh, for sure. And I really admired like the footage was really good. I was like, was. "I think they're really skydiving. Like this is all real." Right now, I will say there are some moments where you can clearly see that the faces of the people skydiving. Oh yeah, no, 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 it's not so that. different. <laughs> no, it's not Roger Moore skydiving. No, definitely not. But <laughs> or, like, or Jaws. They definitely took some people up skydiving for sure. Yeah, I was like just in awe of like, the stunt of it. Very good. You know, Very never well. mind that the faces don't match. You Very know. Very well done. Um, 
I kind of want to skip to the end of this movie because All right, yeah, the biggest part of this movie that I just didn't like is that like all willy nilly, like we could just go to space with no problem. Right. And then there's like a laser fight <laughs> in space <laughs> with first of all, shooting when at he each went other. into space, I was like, this is fast and furious all over again. I was like, for what? Why? How? This seems so unplanned, so uncalled for. And I mean, the studio is basically like that Star Wars picture. We got to get to space. Got to get Bond into space. <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. And, and that's exactly what it felt like. It felt so oof, shoehorned in there. It really did. With, it was so over the top. Yeah. This felt so over the top. Um, yeah. And, Bond and goes this to isn't the only part of the movie that I feel is over the top. Um, no, this is earlier the- on. Okay, yes. Go for it. Venice. Are you talking about the villain? No, no. I'm talking about oh. Venice earlier oh, Venice. in the movie. Okay. When he's on a gondola and he like has turbo on it. <laughs> and so he's like speeding through. There's another speedboat chase. This is this is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a trend. It's a trend. But That's what? Three movies now where movies. Roger Moore is uh, has a chase with a speedboat? His involved? gondola cuts through another gondola? No, no, no. No While two like you know two lovers are kissing and like they don't even notice that their <laughs> gondola is cut in half, then the gondola gets on land and has wheels and he's like driving through the streets of Venice. Yeah, and I'm just like, what is going? And then on top of that, to make matters worse, visual gag after visual gag that just is so dumb. You have the guy with the wine who's like looking at his wine, like, did I really just see what I saw? A pigeon does a double take. <laughs> a pigeon does a double take. I'm just like, I'm done with this movie. This movie is ridiculous. And we haven't even gotten to the space part in the movie. It's this so movie was already Yeah, they haven't even gotten to space yet. No, that's halfway through the movie. I mean, there's like, there's at one point Bond's fighting an anaconda. Yes, he goes to the he goes to the middle of the Brazilian rainforest, and there's all these beautiful female astronaut trainees that Drax has assembled, and they just watch silently as Bond fights this giant anaconda that they've sicked on him. It, it's bad. It's like all sorts of bad. Then they go to space. The cargo that they have in their spaceship is a, just a bunch of young females and males. Presumably to repopulate the earth after they just completely (laughs) obliterate all human life. So it's like really it's awful because it has like Hitler vibes. Like it really does. The villain Drax wants to create like a super race. He says a new super race, a race of perfect physical specimens like gods. Your offspring will return to earth and shape it. And I'm like, I would like to check out, please. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i had a terrible stay i will rate this one out of five stars on yelp you're on yelp you're right trip advisor <laughs> <laughs> very good uh so there's a couple of terrible lines in this right and i i think a couple well i'm just being nice okay there's terrible lines throughout <clears throat> but again Near the end of the movie, we have our sex scene between Bond. Bond and is having sex in space. Yeah. yeah, he's having sex in space. Number one. And so, of course, people <laughs> know that he's having sex because, like, 
it's some transmission or something. They're bro- and, they broadcast it. They broadcast it. And so then the Minister of Defense is like, my God, what's Bond doing? And Q. Stop it. Stop it. Perfect line. He says, I think he's attempting reentry, sir. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's horrendous. Yeah. So I. Oh, one more thing. Jaws. Jaws. Jaws has lines. And he meets a woman. He meets a woman who's like completely. He gets a love life. He gets a love life. She like no questions asked. Loves him. Love at first sight. Straight up, like nothing. And like everything's crashing around them. Like they're about to die. What seems like, and he just like pops open a bottle of champagne, and he's like, "Well, here's to us." And I'm like, "Bitch, that's the first time you've talked in three movies." So (laughs) (laughs) it's good. It's just, I mean. They make it. Jaws lives. So does the the girl, his lady. Um, but the final sequence, Jaws, Jaws Bond has to shoot down those pods of orchids. Yes. That are hurtling down to Earth. And that was straight ripped from Star Wars. Totally. Totally, totally ripped. ripped. He has to go manual and everything. Terrible. So bad, what bad. did you give Moonraker? I'm going to have to give it a one and a half stars. I gave it a two. I didn't go as far as you did, but it is uh, the lowest of the Roger Moore so far Mm -hmm. out of the movies so far. Now, the next one is for your eyes only. That's right. I'll go ahead and fill us in on this one. Uh, James Bond is assigned to find a missing British vessel equipped with a weapons encryption device and prevent it from falling into enemy hands. So this is directed by John Glenn, written by Richard Maybaum, Michael G. Wilson. Of course, Roger Moore is back as Bond. He is joined by Carol Bouquet, who plays Melina. Uh, Columbo is played by Topol. Uh, Lynn Holly Johnson as BB. Julian Glover as Christatos. He is the villain in the movie. Uh, Lois Maxwell, Mrs. Moneypenny, and Desmond Llewellyn as Q. Uh, I did not mention M because M, is missing. M in real life passed the- away during production of this movie. Oh, so that's in, sad. In so, the context of the movie, they said he was on leave. Right. So they did not, in his honor, they did not want to recast the part for this movie mm. while they were in production. So that's how they alleviated that part for M. So now let's talk about the Bond song real quick. For Your Eyes Only by Sheena Easton. Sheena Easton actually appears in the title sequence, in the in the actual title sequence. So yeah. the first time that an artist <clears throat> makes their like appearance in the movie with their song, pretty much. What do you think of the song? It has a good chorus and that's it. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I think that Sheena Easton is a good artist, but with a lot of these songs, when they're kind of slow... You really got to make them stand out in some way. And it doesn't do a great job. Yeah, it's just unremarkable. Yes, exactly. So let's talk about the movie. I am going to (laughs) go ahead and say this right now. This is probably my favorite of the more. What? Yes. Are you serious? Of the more movies. I believe this is my favorite one. What? I think that. I really like the character of Melina. Yeah, Melina's a great, great Bond girl. Great Bond girl. Yes. Because she goes 
like she works together with Bond. She's she the best is of the his bunch. equal in terms yes. of like she is smart. She is ruthless. She is, mm-hmm. you know, she's out for revenge. She has a backstory that yes. you care about, you know, and that's what really drew me into her. Um, I think a lot of the like stunts and stuff are cool looking. Like the set pieces are pretty cool looking throughout the movie. Um, I think that I do like that in this movie, because so far throughout all the Bond movies, we meet the villain early on and, you know, we get their spiel. And so like the entire movie is like Bond chasing that particular villain. This one is a red herring because we are told someone is a villain. But it turns out that's not that person. I and like so that. I really I like, like the that. double cross. I do. Now, I kind of read it like, wait a oh, minute. Oh, yeah, for you, sure. You don't for cast sure. Julian Glover exactly. for that role <laughs> just to be like, no, no, that guy's going to be the villain. Yeah. And so for those who don't know uh, Julian Glover, he is in The Last Crusade. The Last Crusade. He chose yes. poorly. <laughs> and he's in Star Wars as well. He's in... The yes. Empire Strikes Back. He is part of the Empire. He is the right. one that's on Hoth. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. Yeah. He is the the general on Hoth leading mm-hmm. the AT-ATs. So, uh, so, yeah. So, he's a villain. He's, he's a, villain a villain all the time. Period. When I saw yeah. him, I was like, this should be good. Literally, when I saw him come on screen, mm-hmm. I was like, yes. <laughs> you and your goatee, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that stupid accent. I can't yeah. wait. What are you yeah, going to do? That was my exactly. thought. <laughs> so so overall, that's why I really enjoy this film. I think there's like a lot of like little new things that they did with the more character. Like he still like has his puns, but like there's a slightly more seriousness in this one because. Yeah, yeah I would say Because that of the fact Melina is not just some random girl. It's not a dumb person that he's dealing with he's dealing with someone who holds her own and has she's independent something. and she's serious and she's powerful she has money she has backing she has education behind her she was loved as a child you know she just has this you know well-rounded personality and then of course she has skills as well she's very physical very physical mm-hmm. exactly she's um, out here freaking <laughs> Killing people with a crossbow like Daryl from The Walking Dead. I was like, um, <laughs> that's unique. It is unique. That's not uh, it, like a it's gun. It's funny how it's there's not... just like a crossbow store that she goes no, to buy the crossbow yes, oh from. <laughs> just all crossbows. He's, that's it. He's like, is this the one you want? And I was like, there's more in this. <laughs> what? Uh, the one thing I I don't really like about the movie is the character of BB, the ice skater. Uh, she is just like. Oh, yes. She meets Bond for like two seconds. And the next time they engage with each other, she is like walking into his room. Let's have sex. Pretty much. Yeah. She wants it. Yeah. She's literally like, this is a great way to uh, get muscle or something. (laughs) And I was like, what? Yeah, it's so silly. And she really doesn't offer much to the movie. It's actually her character is kind of in the way sometimes. I wish like that character wasn't even introduced because... She doesn't really bring anything to the movie, really. The only thing that's really weird, not weird, but is really menacing about the villain is that, or Cristados, is that he is sponsoring her so that she can become an Olympic athlete. It's very expensive to become an ice skater, professional ice skater. And he says when they meet, they're meeting for the first time, him, Bond, and like the other guy. 
And he suggests that when she wins the gold medal, he'll deflower her. And when he said that, I was like, <laughs> like I did a double take. You have to. It was so subtle. He did not say it in so many words. He was just like, it'll be the best night of my life or something. And I was like, but what? excuse me she's definitely a teenager don't you think she's just a teenager yeah she is that's how she's described she's described as a teenager yeah so it was it was bad so in that sense you had no choice to believe but to believe that christados was the ultimate villain of the story yeah at that not like this insider (laughs) at that point yes um this movie doesn't well it does end with Melina and Bond getting together, but like they kind of like, like go away from it. They don't really like, you know, put any focus on it. Yeah. Like you see their feet and like when she like disrobes, so you see the robe coming off of both of them. Well, she says, she also says the, the title of the movie in the movie, right? She She goes for your eyes only darling. And like, he, what does he do? He like takes the robe off her and then she's like, I want to go for a moonlight swim. And then they could just go in the water. Uh, there is one thing that I really enjoyed about this movie because it does like the title is for your eyes only. Um, when her parents are killed early on and when the, the camera just focuses on the rage, like right in her eyes, like that's the only see you see on screen is the top portion of her face with her eyes. Like it was a perfect way of like cluing you in. And there was multiple moments where the eyes of Melina are like the focus of the shot. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. I thought that was really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That scene is very good. When her uh, losing her parents is, is so powerful. It really is. Cause you see her like get on the plane and you see her go and she's like fixing herself. Cause she wants to look nice for her parents. And then, you know, they're so happy to see her. And then the plane turns around and shoots them down. Yeah. It's very Crazy. like, oh, shit. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I did like when Bond is shooting the guy in the car, the henchman, and it's like right on the edge of the cliff. And he's like, you drop this. And he, it's the pin with the dove. And the then dove, he yeah. kicks the car off of the cliff. But he does it, it with like such like malice. Yeah, almost. Like This is like, a, uh, like, like you really see the dark like, side of Bond for like almost the first time yes. with Moore's character with mm-hmm. Moore. Because you you would see it with Connery, like when he would have to get aggressive or physical, like he really did it. And yeah, but it looked a little more personal. Yeah, like it felt like Roger Moore was finally deep diving into the character a little bit. Yeah, and it turns out Moore didn't even want to do that. He didn't feel like it was like known for his type of bond, but the director was able to convince him to do it. And I, it's memorable. It, it kind of works. It's good. I mean, it's literally killing a killer. Yeah, exactly. You know, there was no uh, redemption for this henchman that was following him. No. So, yeah. Jessica, before we move on to the next movie, what did you give for your eyes only? I ended up giving it three out of five stars. Three. It sort of lost me when they were doing, he was scaling a bare rock face to get up to a remote monastery. And I was like, is this Mission Impossible 2? <laughs> or, I mean, he just doesn't seem like the type. So it just lost me there. Just it was such a the physical. and they blow up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just was a little bit ridiculous. And it seems so, um, almost too natural of a thing. 
I like see very gritty, natural, woodsy sort of feel versus the more polished, suave Bond that we get in every movie. So it was just a little out of his zone for me. So I I wish I could give this movie like 3.75. Like it's not mm-hmm. a four, right? Right. But I don't feel like three and a half is like, you know, strong enough. Like I wish we had the in-between point. So for that, I'll give it a 3.5 because I don't think okay. it's quite a four. So that's the only reason. But out of the Roger Moores. This is your fave. It's it's my fave. So, so far it's been the man with the golden gun. And then for your eyes only for me. For you. Okay. Gotcha. For sec- it's second. Me, it's um, the did other you way like around. The Mar- okay. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty close we're pretty on close, most of these. Yeah. Um, did you like the Margaret Thatcher at the end oh. of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> the woman just like with the strong Margaret Thatcher impression. Yeah, That was fantastic. I thought yeah. it was so silly. And then, like, the bird talking back. I was back. like, Margaret. Yes. <laughs> How about a kiss? How about a kiss? Bond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, silly, yeah. silly stuff. It's silly. All right. So the next movie is, and we're going to preface this. The next movie is still Roger Moore, 1983, and it is Octopussy. Jessica, tell us what Octopussy is all about. IMDb synopsis reads, a fake Fabergé egg and a fellow agent's death lead James Bond to uncover an international jewel smuggling operation headed by the mysterious octopusy being used to disguise a nuclear attack on NATO forces. It is directed by John Glenn, written by Richard Maybaum, George McDonald Frazier, and Michael G. Wilson. Stars Roger Moore once again. And then it also stars... Maud Adams as Octopussy. She was the girlfriend of Scaramanga in The Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah. So she is back um, as a main Bond girl. And then we also have Louis Jordan as Kamal Khan, Kabir Betty as Gobinda, Stephen Burkoff as Orloff, and Christina Wayborn as Magda. So uh, let's talk about the opening theme song. Uh, it is not called Octopussy. It no, is, it is not. It is called All Time High by Rita Coolidge. Again, it suffers the same problem. It is a slow I thought it song. sucked. Yeah, it's a slow <laughs> song and it doesn't really do anything with the title of Octopussy. Yeah. Like it could it could have had fun with it, but mm-hmm. it just didn't. And I feel like Octopussy would be like if they gave me an assignment write a song with the word Octopussy and I'd be like, "Oh, yes." Yeah, I'd be I'm down there. to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's Anyway, uh, they missed out on something. Yeah, they did. Uh, so this movie is a step down from the last movie for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that having what appears at least early on that the main villain is going to be a female. You think, oh, this is different. This would be mm-hmm. cool. But then mm-hmm. as the movie goes, the plot kind of changes. And then you have Kamal Khan and Orloff kind of working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you just go back to the same and I don't think there's anything like truly memorable except that like Octopussy has like an organization of women that she uses like to be yes, able to complete Yes, there's a whole island of women yes. who are specially trained and s- sometimes perform in her circus. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> that's, that's oh, that, that ending is... So dumb. Sucks. It's he, terrible. Bro, James Bond is dressed like a clown. 
I'm I was like, saying, what the like, fuck is he doing? Dress up as a clown right. and like full makeup and everything. Exactly. It's not very Bondy like at all. A real clown, not figuratively yes. like he's dressed weird. No, he is all like straight up a circus clown. clown. And I feel like that diminishes the character. 100%. First of all, it was, I was questioning like, this is all about a Fabergé egg? Right. What does this have to do with national security? So it was like there was a microchip, microfilm, whatever. Chase through the streets of India, which was, again, a little bit like mm, not as gadgety as I would hope. No. Bond is not wearing a Rolex or an Omega or any any other kind of watch. He's wearing a, a Seiko watch, Ugh. which I was like, what is going on? I was like, where is this coming from? This isn't, in, this isn't even Bond. So he's doing things that are not not in his wheelhouse. On top of that. This movie has all types of flagrant product placements. Oh, like billboards that they drive by are just giant <laughs> ass like seven up and like all these other advertisements of stuff. It is the most blatant. And then you you mentioned the the psycho watch and like it has like a camera or like a display on it. And at one point they're testing it out and he's like zooming in on these women's breasts like to test it out. And I'm just like, she's in the room. She works for Secret Service. She's right there. And he's like zooming in and out on her breasts so he could, he could show Q or M the, the picture on the, on the watch. And it's, it's silly and bad. It's cheap. It's cheap. It's a cheap way of being able to like sensationalize what you're doing. Yeah, it's a cheap way of doing it. Um, and then, how did you like the the term octopusy in the movie? He has sex with um one of uh one of octopusy's. Yeah, he has sex with Magda, which is one of octopusy's like uh ladies. I, right. I don't even know how to what to call him. And he goes, "Forgive me, but what is that?" And he points to her tattoo, and she goes, "Oh, that that's my little octopusy." And then the look <laughs> on his face, where he just looks around like. Did she just say what she just said? <laughs> it's one of those. Uh, fun fact, Magda, played by Christina Wayborn. Yeah. Uh, she is very closely linked to a future Bond. She was married at the time to Pierce Brosnan. Shut up. And jokingly, they would say to each other, hey, maybe you'll be a Bond one day. <gasps> oh, my God. And it turned out to be true. Damn. Pierce Brosnan, ladies and gentlemen, was married to the woman who said, oh, that's my octopus. Dang. So that's my octopus. Um, yeah, he starts. <clears throat> did you like the chase scene where Bond is like in the jungles of India and there's a tiger that confronts him and he just tells the tiger to sit oh <laughs> and God. it does? I don't know <laughs> if that's worse or the jungle like Tarzan yell when he's oh. swinging through the vines. Of the jungle. The Tarzan reference with the Tarzan yodel. Oof. He swings from vine to vine. And they they do the yodel. The Tarzan they yodel. They do the, yeah. Ugh, awful. I thought it was I was terrible. like, where is this coming? Why are we referencing other IP? Awful. All of it. I thought. I thought it was terrible. Um, Overall, this movie, I, I honestly don't remember a lot of stuff throughout the movie because it's it doesn't feel that big or there's nothing that feels like that's important to the story like mm-hmm. there's moments that you remember like when 
like that. That's a bad moment, but you remember it. Um, there's the moment where we see the leader or Octopussy and her clan. They're like in the third act. They're like trying to get into Kamal Khan's like place. Yeah. And they're like they're, using yeah. their body parts to kind of like trick the men and like seduce them. And then like, you know, dispatch of them. Memorable, but not good. So <laughs> overall, a lot of it's memorable in a bad way. Yeah. And that's my biggest problem with the movie. There was one part where like towards the end of the movie, Bond is hanging onto a plane that's taking off. And it was like, oh, this reminds me of Mission Impossible as well. Ghost Protocol. Yeah, but it was good. Like I was like, oh shit, like he looks like he's really freaking on that plane. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they did the same thing that they did with the other stunt, which was uh they filmed up there with stunt people, you mm-hmm, know, and mm-hmm. of course they would cut away back so we could see Roger Moore's face and stuff. Yeah. But like they film people in the sky, you know, doing these stunts and mm-hmm. they're pretty good. They're pretty well done. Yeah. So otherwise I don't, I don't want to talk about Octopussy anymore. <laughs> no, I do not either. So what did you give the score for this movie? I gave it two out of five stars. I gave it a two and a half. All right. So uh, we're kind of, pretty much like very close to each other on almost all of these Mm -hmm. we're all we're within half a point on all of them yeah so i'm gonna skip the 80 the other 83 movie for a second okay because i want to just finish off roger moore okay the last movie that roger moore does after his 12 year run as bond is a view to a kill in 1985 So in this one, uh, the IMDb synopsis states, the recovery of a microchip off the body of a fellow agent leads James Bond to a mad industrialist who plans to create a worldwide microchip monopoly by destroying California's Silicon Valley. Now, this is directed by John Glenn, written by Richard Maybaum and Michael G. Wilson. Roger Moore is back as Bond. In this, we have Christopher Walken as Max Zorin, Tanya Roberts as Stacy Sutton, Grace Jones as Mayday, and Patrick McNee as Tibbet. Let's talk about the song, A View to a Kill by Duran Duran. Hated it. You hated it. I hated it. I found it to be passable. I think, oh. like, it, I w- the big thing for me is the upbeat thing. That there, there's at least a bit of momentum in the song because it has mm-hmm. like a poppier beat he the problem is that the song is dated because you instantly know that this is an 80s song when you listen to it because of the synths and everything like that yeah and so that is why i kind of i like it a little bit but i i'm not gonna sit here and say oh this is a fantastic theme so but you hated it i hated it (laughs) <laughs> okay, that is not a problem. Not a problem at all. I can't wait to discuss like our top five like songs. Like that's going to be a great discussion that'll come <laughs> at the end of the series. So let's talk about the movie itself. Roger Moore starts with a skiing. Another again. skiing. Another time when he's yeah, skiing ag- he's yet again. Skis down a ravine with Russians on his tail. They play the Beach Boys oh, song. So cheesy. As he starts surfing, he loses a ski and then he starts surfing, a.k.a. snowboarding. 
oh no and then oh man i also didn't like the intro sequence with the duran duran song i, I see what you're saying like the one that unzipping it had, in the middle it, well it just had like all this black light makeup and nails and like the naked ladies and it felt super dated it felt like 80s you know yeah so that's the there wasn't anything about timeless about it no no i i see what you're saying so then that paired with the Duran Duran song, I was like, oh, God, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie has Christopher Walken. Super young. Super young Christopher Walken. Um, before, like, we knew him as, you know, like, really Christopher Walken, where everybody <laughs> does his impression, you know, like. Yes. You but he- get out, you know, like, <laughs> like that. But he was doing that. He, like, that he was-, was all, like. That's still him That's still in this him. movie. He is a Long yeah. Island kid or, you know, now man. But, but you know what I mean. <laughs> now man. <laughs> uh, Grace, Grace Jones. Jones has made a. Oh, man. Have anything oh, to man. say about Grace Jones? It was interesting because she's supposed to take the place of Jaws, essentially. She Pretty feels much. like another super soldier type of character. You can't kill her. She's very vicious and ruthless. But. I think that I like her almost as much as I like Jaws because she has another like epiphany moment where she realizes that Christopher Walken is a psychopath and doesn't love her anymore or never loved her, so to speak. And so she turns and like becomes an ally with Bond at the last minute. So I kind of like that she had an arc. Yeah, that was good. And um, she looks very formidable and like... um, I don't know if I believe the Kung Fu or or martial arts that she's doing necessarily, but I was just like, she looks pretty menacing. She She does have this unique look to her that Mm -hmm. does give off power Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. she can be dominant. Uh, We get a sense of that when she is practicing with Max Zorin, like they're like practice fighting early on in the movie. And like she is very controlling of situations. Like when she hooks up with Bond, uh, like she is the one in control. Yes, of that situation. <laughs> she's on top. She is on top. Yeah, for sure. But she barked at. So she barked at Christopher Walken at some point. She does. I was like, did she just bark? Um, it was just so jarring. I. I I was like, that it says so much about her character that she's just like visceral. Yeah. Um, I didn't care for the plot because No, the plot was awful. It was so, so silly. Dumb. And um what was it? He wanted to take out Silicon Valley so he could create a monopoly um, of, microchips. For, for microchips. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the plot. <laughs> you got it. But then he had a really cool backstory because he was a product of Nazi experimentation on pregnant women and all the children were born psychotic. Very interesting. So I was like, that is freaking That's the something. line they should have gone down. Yes. Not the yes. microchip part. Who cares? Not about the, the microchip. microchip in Silicon Valley. Like, who cares? No. Yeah. Uh, so in this movie is where I feel that we finally see roger moore's age like yes. we really well he looked old throughout I yeah he did but like there was still like a distinguishing thing about him but something that i learned is that before this movie uh he had a mole 
removed. Like there was a signature mole on, on his cheek that he got removed. And number two, apparently he had gotten some facial work done. So like a bit of a facelift before this movie. So there's a difference in looking at him from the last movie, never seen it. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, Octopussy to now to a view to a kill. So he did look older for most of the run, but this is where like they try to hide it. Like the, mm. the, the age look, but it didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, I guess I mean, it just, this movie wasn't good. It had yeah. like a fire truck chase scene. Yeah. Um, which didn't, didn't ring. No, it didn't ring as, as a good thing for me. Um, the bond girl was bad. Yeah. Stacy Sutton. Yeah, Stacey Sutton. That character. Awful. Not good. Not good. So I think overall, this is not a very good movie. I gave it a two. The movie just has no momentum to it. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I hear what you're saying. For me, like, it's just not that good. And I want to go ahead and just wrap it up and just give a score to the movie. For me, I gave it a two. I gave it a two and a half. Okay. So just slightly better than I did. <laughs> so that is. Mostly because of Christopher Walken. <laughs> like, he's just buck wild, you know? He's buck wild anyway no that was a very terrible christopher walken impression i know <laughs> very terrible uh so let me go ahead and just to put a kibosh on roger moore i do appreciate that he made bond his own like he changed sure. it from what connery was doing connery has like this smooth elegance to him yes well Roger Moore has a bit of like a cheekiness to mm -hmm. him. He's saucy. Yes, he is. So so I do appreciate that. So there are times where I enjoy the silliness of the movies. Some of it. I think there's too much of it as the movies go on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I'll give my final rankings and stuff once we complete the series. But I think it's an interesting conversation to have of like, who do you prefer as a bond and why do you prefer the bond? So did you come in during the Mo Roger Moore run? Usually mm -hmm. if you come in and that's your first introduction, that's usually who your character is for right. as a fan. So it's an interesting conversation to have going forward. I think so. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Connery, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and let's run through this one kind of quickly. So in 1983, when Octopussy got released, there was another Bond movie that got released. Now, this Bond movie is not an official canon Bond movie. It was produced by a different company, but Sean Connery returns as the role of James Bond. Mm -hmm. So this is Never Say Never Again, which, by the way, the title came from when he was asked earlier on his career when he was done with Bond. And they asked him, would you ever portray Bond ever again? He said, never again. So his <laughs> wife, because Sean Connery had creative control on this one, along with yeah. the producers, uh, they named it 
a very cheeky Never Say Never Again. Never Say Never Again. So I like it. I like the name. The name is good. The name yeah. is good. So real quick, the IMDb synopsis. A Spectre agent has stolen two American nuclear warheads and James Bond must find their targets before they are detonated. This movie is actually a remake of Thunderball, pretty much. A loose remake, yeah. A loose yeah. remake. So this movie is directed by Irvin Kirshner. Uh, hmm, Jessica, that name sounds very familiar. Why? <laughs> the project that he did directly before Never Say Never Again was The Empire Strikes Back. There it is. <laughs> yeah. He directed arguably the best Star Wars movie ever yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh the movie was written by lorenzo semple jr it's based on the original story by jack winningham and kevin mcclory uh the reason why this happened is because they won a lawsuit in order to be able to make this movie and it was through jack winningham kevin mcclory he was able to get credit on thunderball back in the day even right. he was in the middle of a lawsuit and when they finally won is when they were able to make this movie. So it's a separate thing. Sean Connery is back to reprise his role one last time as James Bond. He is joined by Kim Basinger, who plays Domino Patachi, Claus Maria Brandauer, Maximilian Largo, Max von Sydow as Blofeld. <laughs> well, kind of. Yeah. Barbara Carrera as Fatima and Bernie Cassie as later, the American CIA agent. This song, again, it's not an official song either. Never Say Never Again by Lonnie Hall. What did you think of the song? Song was okay. Felt very 80s, but better than the other uh, song. Oh. From the same year. From the same year, Octopussy? Well, even, um, you know, A View to... Of you to a kill or octopus. Oh, okay. So better than both of better those. Better than both of those. I yeah. think it's good. It's fine. Um, notable thing about this particular Bond movie, they could not use the typical opening of the gun barrel. They didn't. They didn't. And um, it actually feels more like Rambo, the intro. Because he's like in the jungle. He's like going to this estate in the jungle. And he's. Yes. And the title song is playing while that's happening. Like while he's going through. Right. So it feels weird because of all these other Bond movies. Like there's an entire opening title sequence that is stylized. Exactly. It doesn't have that. It doesn't have which that. definitely sets it apart. But it feels really cool with a very physical performance from Connor. He's taking out bad guys. He's blow darting them. He's bombing them and all the rest in the jungle. He gets stabbed by the hostage woman. Like it's like, whoa, what's going on? This isn't very... Where's the suit? Where's the tie? Where's, you know, the cigarette? It's just a very different uh, intro. And they they do make a note of noticing Bond's age. Like the way For sure. early on, like his testing of how he is as an agent and then like his physical that he has to do and everything. They're very cognizant of how old Sean Connery is to be playing the role. So... I thought that to be pretty clever. Now, because the story is basically a redo of another movie we've already seen, mm -hmm. it doesn't really lead to anything super exciting. All you are really excited about is the new players that come along. 
So mm-hmm. like, you know, Kim Basinger, Max Von Sito, uh, Barbara Carrera as Fatima. Uh, they have notable and, you know, slightly memorable things that happen. But overall, I honestly feel like this movie is forgettable. I think it's forgettable as well, but I also think it's better than Thunderball. Interesting. That is, that's very interesting to say because Thunderball is, yeah, you're right. We talked about it. It's better than Thunderball. In the last episode, (laughs) yeah. I like that they kind of started off as he's a has-been, right? Mm -hmm. He needs to be uh, sent to like a rehab center. He's told he needs like proper nutrition and exercise. No more red meat, white bread and dry martinis. And I'm like, that's all that Bond is. He says he's been teaching lately, not doing. I'm like, whoa, like this is radical. And then he has he goes to the facility, has sex with the chiropractor. And then he's got like vodka, beluga caviar, foie gras hidden in his suitcase. And I was like, if this isn't all of us, um, so I kind of like that he's still cheeky Bond, except he's like a cheeky old Bond. <laughs> <laughs> um, he fights like a sup- another super soldier assassin from Spectre and he like throws his urine sample at him. It's like got comedy to it. And, you know, it's good. I like the billionaire Largo. I think that um, he's got an interesting little relationship with domino right right where and and i have you seen that actor before i've seen him before in out of africa max von sito no no um klaus maria brandar oh um i yeah max von sito is like or how do you have you say his name is barely in this movie yeah exactly barely but klaus as largo i i found him really really good and the fact that you know this whole stealing of the nuclear warheads and was prompting like an extortion thing out of the other nato countries like it causes the double o's to be reinstated yeah so i like that it's also kind of like a bigger like the double o's were retired that's you know the new m doesn't like the double o's so it's good. I, I think that Kim um, Basinger is a good domino as well. I, I don't think she's the best actress. No, she's, but, she's but, not. Yeah, she's but not. I like it. Yeah, she she's solid. I, I believe she was nominated for an Academy Award much later in her career for L.A. Confidential. Yes. Um, yeah. Which, that's a great movie. Yeah, it is. But... At some point, the new Q, because everyone gets recast. It's just like a one-off it's thing, a one-off, right? Yeah. The new Q says, now that you're on this, I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. <laughs> and that's basically the whole thesis of the movie, really right? Is. is that you're going to have a return to form. Yeah. So, And there's something about this movie that I was, after watching, what, six, seven movies from Roger Moore, and then I watched this one, I was like, damn, I love Connery. Mm. Yeah, Connery is you know, really good because he he molds the character to how we feel that character should be. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Funny that you you I I kind of brought that up and you say that. So when this movie was being released, there was a news reporter like kind of 
announcing that the movie was coming out and, you know, they're like at the premiere and he says, and, and this fall we'll be getting bond again, but the real bond. Ooh. Yeah. And so for the last 12 years, the usurper has been playing the role, but now Sean Connery is back. Yeah. Like I was like, damn, this is harsh. I'm like, (laughs) calm down. Okay. Shade. (laughs) Seriously. Like, Shade would be like you're kind of saying it. No, like this was right. dead into camera. Like I'm calling Outright Roger disrespect. Moore out. You're not my Bond. That's basically <gasps> what he did. That's basically what he did. Fantastic. Oh it was God. hilarious. Oh, God. So overall, what did you think? Or what you give the movie as a score? I gave it a three and a half stars. I gave it a two and a half. Wow. The, we're really what, at odds with the never say never again one. Like I said, there's there's a lot that's forgettable about the movie. Like I can barely and remember I, the ending. Oh right, I agree. Yeah, there's like an underwater brawl, and then yeah, it gets fa- hazy. But I'm not really faulting it because I think most James Bond movies are kind of iffy on the details. But this one, I liked it. I like the Domino is like uh, Largo, basically offers her up as uh, a sex slave to like a horde of like North Africans that come out of nowhere on horseback and are start bidding for her. Yeah, I know. That's pretty Like it's wild. Like I'm just like, that's never happened to a Bond girl. So it was good. I I like, it's not great, but it's good. All right. So I think we can go ahead and wrap up this episode. Let's do it. Yeah. The Roger Moore, James Bond. So, uh, let us know what you think. If you've seen the Roger Moore Bond movies, go ahead and write to us at Always Critic Pod on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Go ahead and let us know your thoughts. Do you like Moore? Do you not like him? Do you have a favorite song from the Moore movies? Is it Live and Let Die or is it something else? Let us know there. Also, if you have not subscribed to the podcast go ahead and do that now on your favorite podcast app we're on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, and many more don't forget to rate us and review us on apple Podcasts. five stars goes a long way for us finally go ahead and support us on patreon.com slash always critic pod so we could go ahead and continue doing some pretty cool stuff for the show and also be able to make special content for you guys separate you know, just for Patreon subscribers. So once again, that's patreon.com slash always critic pod on the next episode of the series. We will be doing not one, but two bonds. We will be covering Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan's James bonds. So that should be pretty exciting for us to be able to compare two on the same episode. So a nice (laughs) little clean line, but I think I can go ahead and say that that has been our show. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic podcast.